Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. How is everyone doing? This is Nisi. I am the host of the Pain-Free Zone, Moving from Pain to Wellness. So glad that you are here with us this morning. Our listener line, if you want to call in or have some questions to chat with us, is area code 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Dr. Hal Blackman will be returning with us this morning. And after Dr. Hal Blackman's session, you're going to meet Shelva Hall. And Shelva and I are going to be discussing chronic pain, the impact that it has on our relationships. Because sometimes when you have a long-standing chronic illness that prevents you from working, it does take a toll on not just you, but also your family. When you have a chronic illness, it impacts not only your life, but it can also impact the lives of your loved ones. So we're going to be discussing that and Shelva is going to walk you through her experience and all that she went through. And it's really dealing with self-care. And when you think about self-care, there are all types of self-care. So there is emotional self-care. Um, there is spiritual self-care. There is financial self-care. And you know, we're going to talk about basically a lot of those things to, today with Shelva Hall. And then I'm going to take you all and just take you on a little journey with me based upon my experience with chronic pain And I'm going to share with you my background in terms of why I got started with this radio program as well as our talk show. So I'd like you all to dial into the listener line. And just so that you know, Dr. Blattman is going to be with us every month for the next five months around this time. And that would be a great opportunity for you all to get your questions answered by Dr. Blattman and very informative. So while we're waiting on Dr. Blackman, I'm just going to go ahead and share with you all my story for those of you whom are new to me. uh, And those of you who have been following me for a while, my journey with chronic pain, primarily fibromyalgia, started back in, I'm going to say, 2012. 2012 was a very pivotal point in my life. That is when a lot of things changed in my life. So in 2012, I had started a new job, brand new job in the pharmaceutical industry. And so when I say new job, I had worked up to that point in the pharma industry. I'm going to estimate for maybe about 12 years at that point. So it was just basically a new role that I was taking on. And I had a large size staff. And have you ever had one of those moments where, you know, you made a decision And then in your gut, your gut let you know, hey, think about this. This may not be a good fit for you. Are you sure that this is what you want to do? That was my moment. So picture this. Here I am starting a new job. And how many of you have started a new job where you've been so excited about this new opportunity and all that it could mean in your life? You know, a new area, a new journey, let's just say a new journey that you're starting and then you start this and then picture this, your first day on the job, you walk into corporate headquarters and one of your colleagues say to you, welcome, welcome aboard. And the exact words was welcome aboard Nisi, so glad you're here. However, don't make any changes. We like the status quo. We like things the way they are. So as long as you just come in here and just go along with the way everything is, you won't have any problem. How would that make you feel? Because I'm going to tell you at that moment, 
I felt that several things shifted in my life. Excuse me for a moment. I believe Dr. Blackman is here. Dr. Blackman? Okay. He's having some technical uh, difficulties. So anyway, at that moment, <laughs> something just flash for me. You know, I just had this intense gut feeling that, uh-oh, what have I gotten myself into? Well, when this individual made this comment, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let me think about what could that possibly be mean? Is it meaning what I think she's saying? Is she saying, hey, you know, you're welcome, but don't make any changes, don't rock the boat, because that's sure what it sounded like to me. And sure enough, that's what it is. I'm the type of person, I'm an optimist. So I believe in giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. I thought, well, maybe this individual is just having a bad day. This person I actually knew from uh, another role that I worked in pharma, but this was going years back. And then here we come full forward where we're working together again, but this time in a management role. And so you know how you haven't seen people for a very long time? And um, I got to experience her again. And so this time I had my own staff and I'm going to tell you all, always listen to your instinct when it lets you know that, hey, this may not be a good fit for you. Because here's the thing. And I think many of us can relate to this and many of us understand this. We all want to grow. We all, I'm going to say most people want growth in their career. Um, they want financial empowerment. They want to be able to provide more and contribute to their family, their household income. And you want to develop your career and you want growth potential. We want benefits. I mean, there's a lot of things you look for in a job. But after going through that experience, in terms of what I look for in a job then versus what I look for in a job now is totally different. We'll get there later. So anyway, with this experience, I started this job and you know what? It was a toxic, toxic, toxic working environment. It was so stressful. I did not know that I would be needing to work six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And yes, I did ask all the appropriate questions. But, you know, even when you interview for a position, for a job, you ask questions. They tell you certain things. They don't tell you the full picture. So even though you may be great at interviewing, you don't know what you don't know, but you will find it out as I did. So in this department, there was me, this individual that I shared with you all, and at that time, I'm going to say three other uh, managers in the department. And I had my staff and they had their staff. Long story short, they were very controlling. They were a very cliquish group and they had worked together, I guess, for um, a few years. I had more experience than all of them. And that was a sore spot for them. It wasn't a sore spot for me because I was just glad, you know, I was thinking about the camaraderie, you know, we can bounce ideas off of one another. We can help one another. I was looking for a collaborative uh, environment. None of that happened. None of that happened whatsoever. In fact, they were very, very controlling to the extent that they didn't even want me to properly manage my staff. They wanted to control everything I would do. And I was not going to allow that to happen. That was the perfect storm and that was impacting my health. So I found myself staying stressed out quite a bit, you know, just stressed all the time. And um, it started impacting my health to the extent that, you know, problems, um, sleeping, I had difficulty sleeping, just a lot of stress. It was affecting my um, digestive system. I started having problems with irritable bowel. It was just one thing after another. The migraines, just one thing after another. But when it got down to the sleep, because see, here's the thing about sleep. We all need sleep because that's how your body heals. 
And that is how your body restores itself. So if I'm not sleeping well, that's impacting my health, right? It also impacts your, your, your weight as well when you don't sleep. And then I started having this intense chronic pain. Don't know why I was having all this pain, but I was having it. And I was going to the doctors back and forth, back and forth. Nobody could tell me what was wrong with me. And this went on, I'm going to say, from 2012 to 2014. Imagine for two years, you're having all this stress and no one can tell you what seems to be the problem. Uh, I think Dr. Blackman is, is with us now. Dr. Blackman, are you there? I am here. Hi, Nisi. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thanks. So sorry I'm late. That's okay. I know you only have a few minutes, and so we're just going to jump right into your segment. So last month, you gave us some wonderful tips. We were talking about uh, your list of foods of, uh, am I saying it correctly, of not to eat or to stay away from? Yes. Okay. The inflammatory food list is what it's called conservatively. We actually call it a little more boldly the do not eat list. Yes, do not eat list. I, re- I remember it was something like that. So everyone, I just want to remind you of the listener phone number again, the listener line, 888-463-6748 if you want to call in. So going back to that do not eat list, um, what do, would you like to share with us today, Dr. Blackman? Um, do you remember the list? I remember a lot of what's on the list. I don't have it in front of me, but I do know we had a great conversation about um bread flour, and other types of things to stay away from. Right. So maybe today, how would you like to talk about where does pain come from and how do you find it? Yeah, that would be great. So most people with chronic pain and even acute pain, we go and search for where does that pain come from. And there's many places to search, many doctors, many philosophies. And at the end of the day, we've devised and coined five rules to figure out where does your pain come from. And applying those five rules, most people can figure a lot of this out. And so should we review those five rules? Sure, go right ahead. So rule number one, pain doesn't come from where you feel it. Most of the time, pain's coming from somewhere else. For example, your headache doesn't come from your head. The pain in your left arm could be your heart attack. The pain in your knee. Um, Talk to your friends, perhaps. You've had some friends who've had their knee replaced. How many of them does that knee still hurt? And most of the pain never came from the joint. So rule number two, we spend a lot of time talking about what does our pain feel like? Where is it numb? Where does it burn? Where does it tingle? And your doctor is taught that all those different kinds of sensations mean something different relating to the cause of the pain. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't make that much difference at all. And the differences in how you feel and perceive that pain are certainly not diagnostic because your brain cannot tell the difference, believe it or not, between numbness, tingling, burning, itch, tickle, sharp, dull, achy, stabbing. All those sensations come from the same nerve endings doing the same thing, telling you about where your injuries are. So if you can't believe where you feel the pain and you can't believe what the pain feels like, what can you believe is rule number three. And at the end of the day, the only thing you can believe is what you can touch and feel. And where your biology is specifically tender is where the strings of fascia that go through your muscles and hold you together are kinked and tied in a knot, or where they hold you together and weave to hold you together, and you've injured them. Rule number four, as we examine your body that way, the places where you are most tender represent the kinks in your fascia that we also call trigger points, and the injuries where you hold yourself together that have occurred through your lifetime, and the ones that are most tender are the ones that cause most of the pain of which you are conscious. Rule number five, and this is most amazing, better than 90% of the time, most everybody, as quickly as you unkink the strings and as quickly as where you need to, you make your anchor areas stronger, the pain you thought you had 
will already be gone. Would you like to check out an example that everybody can touch and feel in their own body? Absolutely. So if you feel there's a muscle right here, comes down the side and the front of your neck, and you can get a big grip on this muscle. It's pretty thick. Wrap your fingers around this muscle and see if you can appreciate that there's ropes and cords in this muscle. And if you do that in various places, in some places, these cords will be surprisingly tender. Can you appreciate that? Yes, and I can feel it. (laughs) So these are the kinds of ropes and cords that we're talking about. And if you were to increase pressure, and I'm not suggesting anybody do this right now, if you were to increase the pressure on the more tender areas, you would feel pain go to your forehead, across to the other side, and maybe even to your cheek. And in people with headaches, that's where some of the headache comes from. But let's talk about one more thing before we do that. The top of your collarbone. Don't push on the front. Push on the top and push down on the top and bring your finger right across like this. And you'll find little tiny areas of irregularity that are also surprisingly tender. Yes. Appreciate that. Well, this is the injury that causes that. And you have injuries like this all over your body. Let's talk about how you got this one, because you probably don't remember. Maybe you remember the car accident and the whiplash. But I'm going to suggest that the very first time this was injured, you were an infant. And somebody picked you up by your shoulders and forgot to bring your head. Can you imagine that? Wow, that's a long time ago. A long time ago. And a lot of the injuries that are causing the pain that you are aware of today started when you were a child. Another time this happened, you were in elementary school or maybe even nursery school. And some little kid came up behind you and shoved you to the ground and snapped your head back and tore where these strings weave through the cover over this bone before they come down into your chest. Feel another one while you're sitting there in your chair. Get your hands around your pec muscle and bring your thumb across it like this, and you'll feel ropes and cords in this muscle that are also surprisingly tender. Yes. Get them? You got up off the floor and pushed that little kid back. Or maybe you did too many push-ups in high school trying to win the Presidential Fitness Award. Who knows? But all these injuries through time, this isn't just one injury. It started with infancy. It's many through your lifetime, including the car accidents and all the times you were pushed down and maybe you played football and who knows, right? And these in your chest, maybe you used to do suicides and try to fall on your face. So when you go to figure out your back pain, where are you really tender? Are the muscles next to your spine tender or do you have much more tenderness when you touch the muscles of your buttocks. Soul Care Services Incorporated DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today. or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. Welcome back to the Pain-Free Zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Pain-Free Zone. This is Nisi, and on the second half of the hour with our show, we have Shelva Hall that's going to be joining me. Hi, Shelva. Welcome, my friend. It's so good for you to join me on the air today. Oh, thank you. It's so exciting. 
Great. And everyone, if you have any questions for Shelver, our listener line is 888-463-6748. And I mentioned to you all earlier this morning that this segment of our show, we're going to talk about relationships and have chronic illness, chronic disease, and how it can impact our relationships. So thank you so much, Shelva. I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you for a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, some people say, well, when you have a chronic illness and, you know, you're married or whatever in a relationship that everybody is going to just be so totally supportive. And I tell people all the time, it doesn't necessarily happen that way because sometimes in some relationships let's say if you your spouse let's say was accustomed to you always working and then those dynamics change finances or whatever um they may not be so happy that you're out of work i mean a lot can change i have friends who are not married whom um were in a relationship with someone and the relationships just fell apart shelva because you know their significant others just viewed them as, hey, you know, you're damaged goods. I, I don't want to be bothered with you. You know, you got this sickness, you got this illness, and that's just too much for me. I don't want to handle it. Well, you're right. That's, uh, I've seen that also, but uh, I think in those relationships, there's always something that lets you know that that person is, you know, not the right spouse for you, but, you know, as women, we always think, you know, we can fix things or we can change people, but I think, you know, that's a, you know, if you see that out of somebody you're in a relationship, whether you're married or just dating, I think it's a good thing to see that, you know, before you get married and, um, You know, that pretty much happened with my relationship Uh, when I was going through my uh, breast cancer. I actually had to go to court, and the judge had to order my ex-husband, you know, to buy food because he was buying food and keeping it in the trunk of the car. Buying food for himself? Yes. Wait a minute. Do I understand you correctly that... He was buying food to feed himself, but did not want to provide for you? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. And when I told my attorney about it, you know, he brought it to the judge. And, you know, the judge had to write an order, you know, that he buy me food. That, you know, I... I have no words to describe that. That definitely that I can say on the air if you understand what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I do. Um, because knowing you, had that been him, you're the type of person that's caring, nurturing. You would have made certain that he had everything that he needed to eat that's going to be healthy for his body and to help restore himself. And to think, here you are dealing with breast cancer, and then this is going on, and You've got enough to deal with, and and that adds insult to more injury. It certainly does. But, uh, you know, and and like I said, you see signs like that in your relationship. And us as women, once again, you know, we usually ignore it because we think, you know, we can change that person or we can teach him. But um, if you see those signs in a person, you know, you can't say you wasn't warned. Yes. Do you think that we as women choose to ignore the signs because we're just so in love with the person and we're thinking we can change that person or that this person will eventually come around? What are your thoughts Absolutely. on that? Absolutely. Yeah. For for me, I was thinking, well, you know, I've, you know, I've been married for 31 years, you know, um, we have an empty nest, you know, mm-hmm. I've invested too much in this, you know, to watch it deteriorate. But then, you know, when it did deteriorate, it was, you know, due to his doing, not mine. 
31 years, Shelva, is a very, very long time. And, you know, sometimes we feel that once we hit, you know, a particular marker in our marriage, meaning, you know, yeah. a certain number. So I know myself, I've been married for now 32 years. And sometimes we think just like you, who was married for a very, very long time, you think, okay, we've weathered many storms, you know, yeah. that yeah. we should be on that. And I'm finding that that is not the case. I'm finding that in most cases, a lot of women as well as men are finding them themselves having to start all over again. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that, that is unfortunate because, you know, um, I remember a time when I took my mom and dad on a cruise and the captain of the cruise ship invited me to his table to have dinner with him, you know, and I, I did not, you know, I didn't do it. You know, I let them know that, you know, I was married and I didn't think it was proper. And, um, you know, I, I don't think he would have had the same consideration for me. Now, was he on the cruise with you? No, it was just my mom, my dad, my sister, and myself. Okay. So yeah. how how did you manage all that? Okay, so you get back from the cruise, and at this point in time, were you, you all were still married, correct? Yeah. Now, did, did things that, get that better? Uh, well, you know, that was years ago when I was still young and pretty, you know. <laughs> Shava, you're still a beautiful woman. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I, but, you know, that, that tends to be important to men when you're pretty, you know. And, um, you know, um, I... Things was different then, you know. I mean, things were still bad, but, you know, um, we had young children and, you know, I, I, I look back now and I think I was just finding excuses. You know, it was mm -hmm. always some reason why I should stay. And at that point, the reason was that I had young, you know, young children. Got it. You know, when you said about not being pretty and you are because, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. You are a beautiful woman inside and outside. And when you think about marital vows, I many people don't realize it. But, you know, when when you're there and you're married and it tells you, you know, I take the to be my wedded wife, husband or whatever to have it to yeah. hold from this day forward. It also yeah. says for better, for worse, for richer, for poor and in sickness and in health to love and Absolutely. to cherish till death do us part. And that's the thing that people they gloss over because nobody, I don't know of anybody that wakes up and decides they're going to be sick. I don't know of anybody who wakes up and says it's going to be breast cancer, fibromyalgia, ankylosing spondylitis, yeah. this, that, yeah. lupus, sickle cell, or whatever that condition may be. I don't know of anybody who says that. And, you know, the roles could have been reversed. So just like you had your journey, he could have started having some health problems. So that's why we have to be careful how we treat one another because just because you're up and I'm down, don't mean I'm going to always stay down. You know, for me, I always wanted to, you know, uh, be the, I, I never, you know, wanted to uh, wish an illness on my ex-husband, but, you know, it meant a lot for me to be there, you know, and help him through times when he was struggling. And, yes. uh, I, you know, I, I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to do to take care of your spouse. But, you know, I, I, nev I never got that opportunity. That's, that's so unfortunate. That just means that God got somebody else better for you who's going to mm -hmm. be there for you the way you needed your mate to be there for you. And that's, that's, that's very unfortunate. Now, you know, I know sometimes people get, 
afraid when a spouse gets sick. But, you know, but they have to also recognize it's just like they're afraid when the spouse gets sick. Think about the person that's sick. That's right. They're afraid, too. They're afraid, too, you know. I mean, I know for me, and you know about my different health challenges, um, I'm going to be honest. There were days that I was afraid, you know, because you're you were a go getter. I mean, you still are. But I remember when we used to work together, how active you were, the things you did on the job, you know, just a go getter all the time. And then when illness sets in and then we start not being able to do all the things we used to do, some of the things we can still do, but we may not have the energy. We may not have the strength, but we're trying to power through all that, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy and having chemo, I'm sure that was really difficult for you. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I lost my job uh, June uh, 10th, and um, um, I, I went through that layoff with Abbott. And mm-hmm. then two weeks later, I was diagnosed, you know, with the breast cancer. So it really felt like a double whammy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that I would feel the same way too, you know, a big, um, double whammy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what, how did you over, how did you overcome that? What are some tips you can give our our listeners? Well, you know, I stayed, um, close to my church Every time the church was open, I was in there because I felt like that was the only support I had at that time. And, um, you know, I my closet in my bedroom, because by this time, you know, we were in different... You, uh, he was in the master bedroom, and I was in the guest bedroom upstairs, and I turned that closet into a prayer closet. And um, let me tell you something, that gave me so much comfort, and um, I did, I was able to, you know, do a lot of good thinking there. I um, found myself a good counselor that I felt safe talking with, and I journaled. I still have those journals, and, you know, I'm able to go back and look in those journals and you know how uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes. Yeah. So, Shelver, we're going to go on a commercial break, uh, okay. and we'll be right back, everyone. You're listening to the Pain Free Zone on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Nisi Edwards. Welcome back, everyone. And I just want to remind you, our listener line is area code 888-463-6748. All right, we're here with Shelba Hall, and we're talking about the impact. She's sharing a little bit about her journey when she had breast cancer and how it impacted her life and her marriage. Thank you, Shelva, for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Now, um, at what point did you, so you said that you turned your, your, that your, your closet, that was like your prayer room, correct? And then you started yes. journaling. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And what I had to do is, um, one time I, you know, pulled out my journal to journal and, um, I noticed, you know, about six pages was missing. So, you know, he had, I found out that he had been reading my journal and anything that, um, was about him, he would go in and he would tear those pages out. So I had to start locking my journals in the car and my laptop. I had to um, lock that in the car because he was getting on my laptop, sending things to my attorney, making my attorney think it was me, but it was actually him. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Wow. That's a situation where you definitely have to have a powerful password protection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
But, you know, I didn't even feel safe with the password. You know, that's why I, you know, I just, you know, would lock them in my car or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how anyone else would see it. But I think that, you know, our marriage had been over for a long time. And, um, you know, like I shared with you, once we went to court, and he saw, you know, what the court was giving to me, you know, he went and he dropped the divorce. And that let me know that he didn't want me for me. He, you know, one, he did not want to lose anything. So, you know, one day my attorney called me and said, did you know that he dropped the divorce? And I said, you know, I did not. So. Um, my attorney said, what do you want to do? I said, well, then I'll file. And, right. um, you know, that's what I did. And that caused a lot of controversy in the family because they thought, well, I mean, as crazy as this sounds, they thought, well, he's giving you another chance. Why would you, you know, mm. file for a divorce from him? And Another chance. Know, wow. Another chance. Yes. Yeah. Another chance, like I, you know, I don't know. That was crazy. It is because it's not a chance that you need it. You, you know what I mean. Absolutely. This is not about. This is not giving you another chance. You yeah. are. You are not the person that was at fault here. You are right. the one that was injured and harmed here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a situation where when he went to court, that he realized, hey, it's cheaper to keep her. But had you just said, okay, you know, I'm not going to file for divorce. That was not, that potentially could have just even did more harm to your health, you know, and your mindset, your mind, the things that we think about ourselves, having somebody there in your household who's not showing you loving kindness or tenderness. And that's basically gives new meaning to, um, Sleeping with the enemy, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just what I was thinking. And um, I remember he went out and bought this huge black suitcase. It was so big. And I told my sister, you know, if I come up missing, make sure they find that suitcase. (laughs) You know, that's very real, Shelva. I know What you're saying. Because yeah. we we hear stories all the time where people have come up missing, where they have That's been right. murdered, whether they've been yeah. decapitated or not, or they've been murdered and stuffed in a suitcase and luggage and bodies never found again. That's right. That's right. But, um, you know, I remember one time my car had to be in the shop. And so, you know, my car wasn't at home. And, of course, I was upstairs in my prayer closet. And, uh, you know, he didn't know that I was home. So, you know, I could hear his whole phone conversation, you know, with this woman. And, uh, you know, (laughs) here Uh I, you know, come, you know, come out of my prayer closet, come down the steps. You know, he was, I mean, he was so surprised that I heard all of that. Mm, Wow. You've you've gone through, um, you've gone through a lot. And that's why I tell you all the time, you know, I tell you your story, your journey, all that you've gone through, how you have that power to help so many other people who have yeah. gone through something similar, you know, something Absolutely. similar. Yeah. You know, I'm just so sorry that um, that happened to you. You know, it's unfortunate, but you know what? Um, I think it's made you more stronger in a lot it of ways. Did. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm so excited in terms of what your next phase in life that you're working on. Remember we talked about you having your own radio show, you also having your own podcast. And uh, uh, 
I, I think that it's just going to be lovely you being out there sharing your message because that's your story to tell. Nobody right. can tell your story but you and there are people waiting for you. They need that help because you over you had to overcome a lot of different things. Like you said, just to recap briefly, the job situation, the loss of that, you know, the, yeah. the breast cancer diagnosis and then the problems yeah. in the marriage. That's just mm-hmm. a lot to um to deal with. Absolutely. And you know when when he first filed for a divorce from me, he had nerve to say to me, so where are you going to live? Mm. You know, thinking I'm going to leave my house. I said, when I leave this house, it will be sold. But, you know, this is my house. I mean, I decorated the house and everything. And I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm not leaving until this house is sold. But I can't believe that, you know, he actually thought, I mean, he hadn't learned about the woman I am in the 31 years we were together, you know? Yes. And I am just not that lady that's going to move out of my house or, or let him bully me. That was not going to happen. No, because the shovel I know that I've worked with for many years, whom I've had many conversations with, is a strong woman who don't take no nonsense, who is a fighter. So I I don't know what he was thinking, but only one word comes to mind for me, my friend, and that is karma. Karma. Karma, Karma will meet him wherever he may be. Yeah. That it will. Not that I'm wishing anything bad on him, but I do know you reap what you sow. So karma. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes, karma is waiting on him. And I'm just so glad that how you have powered forth um, and how you just moved on with your life. And that's just a, a, a blessing, Shelby, because you know, there are a lot of women in those types of situations, men too, where. They're not able to go out there and get their own place like you've been able to do, you know, and and move forward and to reestablish themselves. You know, they're just simply not able to do that. And uh, I'm just so happy for you that you have been able to do that. You know, my mom, my mom raised me to be a strong woman. And, uh, you know, she always used to say, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And so, you know, I've always had money, you know, and when he was buying food and stuff and not, you know, buying anything for me, I could have bought my own because, you know, I had money and stuff, but I felt like he owed that to me after all the years we have been together. Well, absolutely. This is just human decency. You know what I mean? Food. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's not about second chances. You, I'm your spouse. I yeah. have this illness. And even if I didn't have this illness, we're in this household together. Food. That's, you know, you don't, you don't mistreat people like that. That just really right. gets me riled up because that's just not yeah. right. That's not right, right at all. Yeah. Well, Shelva, my friend, we are out of time. Uh, I welcome you to come back to the pain-free zone moving from pain to wellness. You can come back anytime you like. I look forward to being a part of your new journey as you move forward with your own show as well as your own podcast. And everyone, this is someone, remember her name, Shelva Hall. You all need to be on the lookout for because this is a powerful woman. Thank you for your time today, Shelva. Thank you so much, Nisi. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Soul Care Services Incorporated DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patient's questions and concerns, 
they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. Now, let's get back to the pain-free zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the pain-free zone. Uh, you just heard a few minutes ago from uh, Shelva Hall sharing with you her journey with breast cancer, the impacts that it had on her marital relationship and the divorce and all that she had to endure during that. Um, what an amazing journey. Um, I've talked to her many times about her experience with this. There are a lot of things she, you know, due to privacy, she did not share, but um, just amazing journal. And that's why I say all the time, you know, stay on Hope Avenue. I'm a woman of faith. Stay on Hope Avenue. And in addition to staying on Hope Avenue, you know, we must have and practice self-care in our lives. So you all heard Shelva mention about how she turned her closet into her prayer closet and also how she would journal. Journaling, wow, that is so powerful in itself. And when you think about self-care as a form, I mean, journaling as a form of self-care, self-care, I just want to let you all know, self-care is not selfish. You know, a lot of times we as women especially feel that, well, you know, I shouldn't take the time for myself. You know, we do so much for so many people and we put everyone else's needs above our own needs. And then we leave our needs on the back burner. So if if that is you, and that's something that you've been doing, and think about it, we've all gone through a lot. We've been dealing with COVID for what, just about two years. Uh, and even during that time period, this time period, we're even more stressed, we're isolated. We need to have an outlet to express our feelings. And so when Shelva mentioned journaling, I thought, you know, that's really appropriate because journaling is a way to express your thoughts. It's the way to put your feelings in writing. And um, if you're not journaling, start journaling. OK, many people during this pandemic have written journal injuries. I mean, journal entries all over. But it is a great way to express yourself. It's the power of opening up. Uh, and so when you have, when you open up, that's a way to relieve that stress. Okay. Um, in fact, according to our research, journaling may help ease our distress when we're struggling. Okay. There was a 2006 study where they took nearly a hundred young people and they were asked to spend 15 minutes journaling or drawing about a stressful event or writing about their plans for the day. And the people who journal, guess what? They saw the biggest reduction in symptoms such as depression, anxiety, hostility, that anger, uh, particularly if they were very distressed to begin with. Um, now I myself have experienced with journaling. When I shared with you all about starting that new job at the be beginning of the show, the part that I did not share with you all is that I had been bullied for two and a half years. Just like Shelva, I too started journaling. Journaling was a way for me to get my feelings out. It was a way for me to battle depression. It was a way for me to deal with those traumatic, that traumatic experience how it impacted my life. It was a way for me to also deal with the chronic illness because it was emotions, you know, it was affecting my health and I just needed an outlet. And for those of you today that's thinking about or considering journaling, you know, there's so many different forms of journaling. Maybe for you, um, one thing that I did that I thought was very powerful is that, um, I use nature as a way to journal. So what I would do is I would go out into the, the forest preserves with my Nikon camera. 
and I would take photographs of the images that spoke to me, you know, the different trees or whatever you saw in nature that spoke to me spiritually. And I would snap that picture and then I would come back, process it through Photoshop and write a journal entry about it. For me, that was very powerful. It was very, very liberating. It enabled me to basically set myself free. Okay, so if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend that you try it because with journaling, you're going to disclose those emotions. Now, thinking about what Shelba said about her journal, her ex-husband at the time was accessing her journal and taking pages out. And so she had to start hiding her journal. So what I recommend that you do is whatever you do, lock it down, put a strong password on there so you can keep those things safe that are safe and sacred to you. And it was, um, that's one way to basically clear the mental decks, you know, is you just get it out. It's productive because journaling and writing, it helps us to organize our experiences. It helps you to get it out, to distance yourself from that experience and to be able to see it in a different light. So journaling, look at it this way. It's a tool to help you put your experiences, not just your experiences, but your thoughts, your beliefs and your desires and language and make sense of them. And that's what I did because I had to make sense of this bullying experience. I could never make sense of it. But the only thing that I got out of that was that uh, I could not allow these people to ruin my life. I had to take my power back. And that's the one thing I think you learned from Shelva, how she moved forward and she took her power back from that situation. Because I tell you, that was an incredible journey that she has been on. And so I thank you all for listening today to the Pain-Free Zone. If you need to get in contact uh, with me, you can click on the website there for Talk Zone, and you will see the link to send me an email. And I look forward to hearing from you all and have a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.